This is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, May 2nd. Okay, so looking across the region, of course, just uh, have the schedule in front of me here, but some games uh, to kind of look out for across the region. In softball, if I were to pick a game uh, that I think is uh, enticing, not to say that games aren't, I think all games are, but uh, just looking across the region here, looks like Bertha Hewitt Verndale at Monaga in softball. That should be a fun little game tonight uh, over in Monaga. And for baseball, I see Ottertail Centrals at Wadena Deer Creek. That should also be a pretty fun game as well. That game right here in Wadena at 4.30 later this afternoon. A whole bunch of other games going on across the region, uh, but... Uh, just really great to see everybody get back in the swing of things, and we can kind of start to get back to a little bit more uh, of that spring normalcy of finally being able to do spring things. Uh, it's great. It's great. And, of course, we have high school sports broadcasts coming later this week. Uh, keep listening and keep looking at our broadcast schedule for more information on that. So the Minnesota Twins tonight start a three-game series against the Chicago White Sox. And yeah, I think really this should be a series that the Twins win two out of three. Now, they're on the road and they're playing against the White Sox. I don't have the starters for each team uh, queued up for the entire series. But I know for the Twins, I believe that Joe Ryan is on the hill today, although I have to double check with that I believe it's Joe Ryan I'm not sure because things have gotten uh, things have shaken up just a little bit with the starting rotation but if you look at tonight's probables it is Joe Ryan against Michael Kopech and this should be a game that the Twins take advantage of Kopech on the season for the White Sox has an earned run average of seven yeah it's not great Twins should win this game tonight but of course the Twins have been known to be weird on us tomorrow uh, the, there is no starter listed, so that could be Louis Varland. On Thursday, the probable starter is Pablo Lopez for the Twins. So here's my thing with the Twins pitching staff. Uh, don't know how much we talked about this yesterday, but or can't remember, I should say. Uh, but the Twins have to make a few moves with the pitching rotation. Tyler Malley going on the injured list. And not just that, he's being shut down for the next month uh, just to make sure his arm is right. I was really excited about getting Tyler Malley at the trade deadline last year. Man, what a dud that turned out being. I'll take the L on that one. I was wrong. My B, guys. My B. Uh, anyway, so he's going on the IL, which means that Louis Varland is likely, I don't think they made the official move yet, but he's likely going to get called up and likely going to start tomorrow. Of course, Louis Varland from St. Paul pitched at Concordia St. Paul in Division Two, and then made his way throughout the big leagues in the Twins minor league system and had one start at Yankee Stadium this season, pitched the Twins to a win, and now gets an opportunity to be more of that, uh, to get more major league innings because he only has about four starts in his career. And Kenta Maeda, of course, going on the injured list as well. With Maeda going on the injured list, that means that Bailey Ober is going to be here for a while. Of course, he started for the Twins on Saturday, but now is going to make a couple more starts throughout the rotation. So, again, we've talked about it, me and Corey have, with this Twins pitching depth, that they don't have a 
you know, a Max Scherzer, a Justin Verlander. They don't have a, a uh, you know, Sandy Alcantara. They don't have those guys, but they do have a lot of really solid pitchers and that they are all kind of even, that there is no pitcher, there's no high-end pitcher that you're like, automatic win. But on the flip side, there's no pitcher where you say automatic loss. There's no Dylan Bundy. There's no Chris Archer on this team. There's no Matt Schumacher. There's no Homer Bailey. There's a, You get my point. The Twins have rolled out some pretty bad starters throughout the years. But that meant that Bailey Ober and Louis Varland were kind of the odd guys out. They started the year in AAA, even though both of them are major league caliber pitchers, and now they finally get their chance. And honestly, if they pitch well enough, I could see both of them just staying there long term, like this season. I mean, they're already going to be in next year's big league rotation, but this gave them an opportunity to kind of earn it to, uh, I don't know what the right word would be, to, to make them prove themselves, show nothing's given, whatever adage you want to use. But I think it's a good thing overall that the Twins got that added depth because, as we've learned, people can get hurt throughout the season, and this is what happens. So there were a lot of people worried that Bailey Ober, you know, like he's never going to get to pitch at the big leagues if he's stuck in AAA behind Mally and Maeda, the same thing with Varland. But the thing is, is, you know, Things just kind of work themselves out. It's a long 162-game season. Uh, playing time usually works itself out. And that leads me to the next case, which is Alex Kirilov. Now, he got activated off of the injured list, or off the, yes, off the injured list uh, just a couple days ago, meaning that he was done with his rehab assignment in St. Paul, and he'd been crushing the ball in St. Paul. Uh got three home runs in his last five games. He has an OPS that's on base plus slugging of over a thousand. Um, just a really good, he's being, he's a triple a all-star. He's a, he's your JV all-star and you're just waiting for an opportunity to get him on the varsity. The problem with the twins is that they that took Kirilov off of his rehab stint and just sent him back down to St. Paul. So he's going to keep playing with the Saints for a while. Of course, Kirilov, the first round draft pick back in 2016. Um, he's been the Twins' number one prospect for a while, made his debut in 2021, got the wrist injury. Then last year came back, got the wrist injury again. And this year, they're hoping that that wrist doesn't flare up again. He started the season on the injured list. Uh, really, he would have been the team's probably opening day first baseman. Now that belongs to Joey Gallo. Max Kepler's in right field. Trevor Larnick is in left field. And all of them are playing well enough to not necessarily be benched for a guy who is still unproven in Kirilov. And all of them are left-handed bats. Kirilov, Larnick, Gallo, and Kepler are all left-handed bats. Kirilov and Larnick are a pretty similar hitter. So, like, there's just not any room for Kirilov on this roster. You could theoretically send down Willie Castro, but if you send down Willie Castro, the thing with roster management is, well, Willie Castro's a switch hitter, so you can use him against left-handed pitching, where Kirilov you can't. And also, Castro can play a bunch of different positions. Kirilov pretty much only will play first base and maybe, maybe the corner outfield spots. Byron Buxton, of course, is that designated hitter, and he's been able to play pretty much every day, and he's hit like five home runs in his last seven games. I don't think, as much as the Twins say they want to get Buxton back out into the outfield at some point, I think we just need to accept that Byron Buxton is going to be the DH for a while. And honestly, if Byron Buxton can hit at the rate he's hitting, 
then I am totally fine with it. As much as it sucks not seeing him run out in center field and do all the fun plays he does, it's probably better in the long term to make sure that he's healthy and his bat is able to be in the lineup every single day. Because even last year when Buxton was playing center field, it was still like one day on, two days off, two days on, one day off, like all that kind of stuff. But the point is with Kirilov is he can't even DH. There's just no spot for him. And again, it's you know there's some people who are like, hands in the air running and screaming, why is Kirilov in AAA? And honestly, it's the same thing with Ober and Varland. They're just going to earn their way on anyways. It's not going to matter, really. Just let the whole process play out the way it needs to. Anyway, so that's kind of my Twins rants for today. They really should beat the White Sox uh, this week. Uh, They have three against the White Sox. They should win two out of three in this short little six-game road trip. Uh, And then over the weekend, they have a big series against the Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians are three games back of the Twins, so it'll be an interesting series. It's the first time the two teams have played each other this year. Of course, Cleveland dominated Minnesota last year in the season series, and about at least three of those losses you could give straight to Emilio Pagan. So... You know, I think overall with with this series against Cleveland, the Twins are in a better spot right now and they need to kind of show it because the Twins had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity last season to kind of kick Cleveland's face in the dirt and they just couldn't. And then Cleveland got hot in the second half of the year and the Twins just couldn't catch them. So it's going to be important for the Twins to make sure that they can win. I mean, obviously you want to win every single game, but... These series against Cleveland are going to be very, very important because it, we're only a month into the season and it already looks like it's just the Twins and the Guardians who are going to compete for the AL Central this year. Tigers and Royals are out, but nobody expected them to compete. And the White Sox are 8-21 and and they lost like eight in a row last week. So I'm not real confident that the White Sox are going to turn things around, I guess is my point. Anyway, uh, the Vikings had their draft. We've talked about that a lot. The Wild cleaned out lockers yesterday. And, I mean, I just got nothing on the Wild. It's the same It's the same track, different tape. It's the same, you know, the same you-know-what, different toilet. I don't know how that works. Uh, the point is, uh, I don't know what to say about them getting exited in the first round. They kind of do this every year, and they are still in salary cap heck because they need to get out from underneath the Parisi and Suter contracts that they're still paying for. They still have a couple more years to do that where they really can open up and spend in free agency. For now, they're kind of stuck with the high-end talent that they have and hoping that they can just click it all together one year. Uh, Matt Boldy pretty much said that he was a disappointment and was disappointed in his play, and we'll see if him and Kaprizov can get it turned around in the postseason at some point in their careers. Minnesota Timberwolves cleaned out lockers yesterday, uh, over the weekend or last week, or uh, and the, the exit interviews is really the point that I want to get to, and that Carl Anthony Towns said something of like, hey, my role has to shift. If, Kat, if uh, Anthony Edwards needs to be the guy, he didn't say a word for word, but paraphrasing here, if Anthony Edwards needs to be the guy, I'll do what I need to do. And the duality of man shows that fans, at the same time that they say Cat needs to get out of the way and let Ant be the leader and let Ant be the guy, then those same people, when 
Carl Anthony Towns says that, go, well, he's a soft player. Why does it why is he just so willing to give up his spot? He's weak. He's weak. He's a loser. I and look, I'm I'm softened on my cat stance. I still like Cat as a player. I just think Cat can be a head case. But at the same time, uh you gotta have some kind of consistent standard on this. But anyway. Carl Anthony Towns, it'll be an interesting summer for the Wolves, who really have no choice other than to run it back. As much as we say trade Gobert and trade Cat and do all this stuff to build around Edwards, and look, the Wolves don't have a ton of draft capital because they traded it last year for Gobert. They don't have a ton of free uh, uh, salary cap space because they have Gobert and Cat, and they're going to, I mean, they have some f- wiggle room, but not a ton to go get a big-name guy, and they got to worry about a, an Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, and Nas Reed extensions. So there's not going to be a ton to, ton to spend. They really have no other choice but to blame Cat being injured and Mike Conley being traded for halfway through the season and kind of just hoping that they can run it all back. And maybe that's the right plan. Maybe one year is too harsh to judge. Maybe you need to let it happen one more time and then make your assessment. But I don't know. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, May 2nd.